Hi, my name is Michael Tuck, and I am the associate pastor here at Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. We are a local church in Surrey, Virginia, dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the weekly podcast that we put out for our local church family and the church as a whole. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Archie Kendall was a longtime pastor of the Westminster Chapel in London, and he wrote a book called Total Forgiveness. And in the very first chapter of the book, Archie talks about a time where someone really, really hurt him. In fact, he says the pain was so deep and so profound, uh, he just really had a hard time getting over it because the person that hurt him was almost like a surrogate father to him, someone he just cared deeply about, and, and that person wounded him, maybe along with some others. And, and, and at some point, he found himself talking to Pastor Joseph Tisson, uh, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it, from Romania. And uh, so he was pouring out his heart to Pastor Joseph, and he was telling Joseph everything that had been done to him. And when he had finished, he expected that Joseph was going to say to him, R.T., you are right to feel so angry about this. You know, man, they really hurt you. But after listening to him, Pastor Joseph simply said, you must totally forgive them. Now, R.T. thought for a second, he said, well, you didn't understand. (laughs) So he launches into it again with more profound details of the hurt that had been leveled against him. And uh, and this time, Joseph interrupted him, and he said to him, R.T., you must totally forgive them, release them, and you will be set free. Now, this morning, I was talking to Pastor Michael this this past week, and he was telling me about a friend of his who preaches with just one point. Well, you all know me. I got lots of points. But if I had one point, it would be this. It would be this. Release them, and you will be free. Forgive them, and you will be free. I'd almost bet that some of you are beginning to argue with me on the inside. But you just don't know, Jimmy. You don't understand what they did to me. You don't know how deep this hurt is. You don't know how angry I am. You don't understand the bitterness that I feel. And maybe you're even saying to yourself, I will never, ever forgive this person. C.S. Lewis made this remark, and it's telling. He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Isn't that the truth? I mean, we all agree. Forgiveness is a wonderful thing. But when it's me that's been hurt, when it's me that feels like I have something against someone because they have wounded me, it's a total different story for me to forgive when I am the wounded one. Now, if you're following and tracking with me, you may have figured out that I'm going to speak on forgiveness this morning. Spoke on it a few years ago, actually, and, and uh, I was uh, troubled a little bit this week about speaking on this subject. We're in between books of the Bible, and, and uh, again, I, I, preaching through books of the Bible is so much simpler for a pastor. You know why? Because on you know, Monday morning, you go down, you open your Bible up, you know exactly what you're going to be speaking on the following week, and you begin to pray and say, God, you know, what, what is the message that, that you want us to hear from this? But, you know, right now, we're not at that spot. What I want to tell you is, you know, last, last week, not, the week before last, excuse me, I really felt God wanted me to speak on the subject of forgiveness. And so 
and though this will be something you know, um, th- this is something that I believe God wants me to hear, wants you to hear. I want to talk about forgiveness this morning. So I've entitled today's talk, Forgiving the Hurt That Deeply Wounds. Forgiving the Hurt That Deeply Wounds. Jesus uh, told us that all the commandments of the Bible, and there's lots of them, can be summarized in just two. I, uh, I recently heard uh, Andy Stanley say that all the commandments of God were replaced with two. That's not true. I, I like Andy Stanley, all right? But that's not true. All the commandments of God have been summarized, not replaced. Uh, and they've been summarized with these two commandments. The first one being, and you know it, is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. And the second is like the first, it's to love others even as we love ourselves, okay? And so um, forgiveness is a command, as we'll see in just a moment. Forgiveness is a command. So here's what I want you to understand. Forgiveness is ultimately an expression of our relationship with God. Forgiveness is ultimately an expression of us loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it's, and it's an, an expression of loving others like we love ourself. Here is the hard truth. How you and I respond when somebody has hurt us or wronged us. When somebody does that, right? How I respond is an indicator of my relationship with Jesus. So if, if my response is unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and resentment, and, and I could go on, then, then, then we, what I'm indicating is that there is a problem with my relationship with Jesus. On the other hand, if my response to wrong done me, and again, not an easy response, but if my response is one of forgiveness, then, then that also is an indicator of where I am in my walk with the Lord Jesus. So I want to begin this morning by defining some terms for us. And, and again, I, I've, I've wondered whether to do this or not, but, but let me just talk about what forgiveness is not, okay? Forgiveness is, is not in some way, and I don't remember if I have a slide for this or not, but forgiveness is not us justifying the evil that somebody's done us. It's not saying that someone, there, there's not going to be consequences for the wrong that someone has done us. Um, it is not overlooking wrong. Um, you know, it is, it, is, it is none of that. That is not what forgiveness is all about. What forgiveness is, is this. Forgiveness is giving up my personal resentment and my desire to seek revenge, my desire to make you pay for the hurt that you've caused me. Forgiveness is my willingness to not hurt you back when you've hurt me. And it's canceling this debt of hurt that I have against you. It is releasing you from that so that I don't personally have to extract pain from you for what you've done to me. It is refusing to hold someone liable for the pain and hurt that they may have, they may have uh, caused me. Can I say this? And you, you, you speak back in your heart. Tell me whether I'm right. Payback is planted in the bottom of every one of our hearts. And every one of us is a retaliatory person at the root of who we are. 
And, and I don't think that comes from God. I, I don't think that that retaliatory spirit is something that is in, put in us by, you know, by divine creation. I think that's part of the liability of the fall, right? When we rebelled against God and cast ourselves into rebellion against our creator, you know, part of that brokenness is that we became retaliatory. We became, you know, payback. I want to make you pay for what you've done to me. So forgiveness is really, if that's true, forgiveness is about you dying to yourself and about you letting Jesus live in you. It's about you being different because Jesus has made you different, okay? That's what forgiveness is all about. And that kind of goes back to what I said just a moment ago. If you weren't tracking with me, let me say it again. Forgiveness, your unwillingness to forgive or your willingness to forgive, both of those are an indicator of your relationship with Jesus, So if you're not a forgiving person, and if you are not forgiving, then something is not like it ought to be in your walk with Jesus. And if you are, then it's an indicator of where you are with Jesus. Now, Jesus vividly illustrates this for us, does he not? And you know where? On the cross. Hanging there, naked, stripped, beaten, bleeding, dying. He's about to die the death that you and I would eventually have to die in the second death, but he's about to die it. And he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So here's, here's our king giving us a model of how we're to live. You know, the greatest of all hurts, we're supposed to be like him, right? I mean, he's our model. He's the one we follow. We, we all say we want to be like Jesus, right? So being like Jesus means being like Jesus. It's, it's not, this is not an esoteric mind game we play that we say, okay, well, that's how Jesus was, and I know I need to be like that, but, but I have absolutely no desire to be like that. No, following Jesus is I recognize who he is, and I say, I'm going to be like that. I'm going to follow him. And, and the neat thing about being a, a follower of Jesus and a person who has been born again, to use his language, you know, it, it is that he gives us his spirit and we are, you know, he changes our nature. Now, now we're not fully redeemed in the sense that, you know, the, the, the redemption of the new kingdom and all that God's got planned for the future, that's not here yet. We're still fallen, but yet there's, but, but, but I've got a new, I've got a new heart. Uh, now I've got his spirit with me. I can be like Jesus and I can forgive. And so Peter holds up Jesus for us. And this is what he says in one of his letters. For what credit is there if when you sin, you are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and you suffer for it, patiently enduring it, this finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you. Now listen, leaving you an example for you to follow in his footsteps who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Let me interrupt myself here. Let me interrupt Peter and say, you know, that's why Jesus can die for us. It's because there was no deceit in him. It's, there was no sin in our savior. So the death that he died, he didn't die it for himself. He's not under the penalty of death because he's a sinner. I mean, he, he dies because he's dying for your sin. Just a side note. Verse 23, and while being reviled, He did not revile in return. 
In other words, when, when they are saying horrible things about him and hurting him, he's not retaliating. He's not doing what all of us would want to do. He's not doing it. While suffering, he utters no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore Jimmy's sins in his body on the cross. And he bore your sins on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed. Can, can I extrapolate, extrapolate something here and just add this? I mean, I'm not trying to do an injustice to the text, but I could read this and say, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to our own unforgiveness and live to be a forgiving person like he is for by his wounds your nature has been changed. You've been given a new heart. So, so to forgive means I, I don't seek to hurt you back by cutting you or stabbing you or shooting you. I used this illustration once before. And, you know, and here's what I said back then. Some of you say in your heart, I would never stab anybody. I would never shoot anybody. I would never hit anybody in my unforgiveness, right? And you are so right. But can I say this to you? Words can cut as sharply as any knife to the heart of any person. And, and words can be as caustic as any acid you might throw on a person's physical face. I mean, those words can be just as caustic to that other person's heart as true acid to their literal face. Am I not right? Some of you are saying, some of you who would never cut, stab, or, or shoot, I mean, you'll use your words to hurt just as profoundly as you can uh, you know, it's a situation, even, even recently, a friend of mine was telling me about, about how an acquaintance friend of theirs just with words just sought to slice them and dice them with their words, even this past week. Now, some of you are saying, no, Jimmy, I would never use my words like that. I would never cut somebody up with my words, and, and I thank God that you won't. But, but you know what? People who don't really shoot you and people who don't use words, that there's another means by which you can wound. And you wound by withdrawing. You wound by closing down. You wound by shutting people out. That's how, that when somebody hurts me, I'm going to hurt you. And you know how I'm going to do it? I'm closing you out. And I'm not talking to you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not dealing with you. And so we can be unforgiving and use weapons of unforgiveness that maybe not be these first two, but, but these, they're these. Forgiveness means I, I release them and I am committed to not shutting them out of my life when they have, they have hurt me. Now, the Bible has so much to say about forgiveness, so if you would allow me just a few minutes, I want to encourage myself, and I want to encourage you with what the Bible says about forgiveness. Here's, and, and I don't have them numbered, so I'll get out of, I won't remember what number I'm on, but forgiveness is not an option, everyone. Forgiveness is a command from God. I think sometimes we as followers of Jesus, we, we want to treat forgiveness like, you know, if I don't want to forgive you, I mean, that's my right because you hurt me so deeply. 
And that's not what the Bible says. That's not what our Savior says. Consider these words from Jesus himself. Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Luke chapter 6. How about on the Sermon on the Mount? For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Man, that ought to make us sit up, shouldn't it? I mean, Jesus said, if you forgive, my father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive, my father won't forgive you. Paul, in two letters, he, uh, he, he says it this way, slightly different framework, but I think it's actually the same message that Jesus gave us. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Now listen, forgiving one another just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. In the Colossians letter, he says it like this. So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. I love those two passages in Colossians and Ephesians. You know why? Because in a sense, if we kind of distill and combine them, we have a picture of the kind of man I'm supposed to be, the kind of woman you're supposed to be, the kind of man the rest of you men are supposed to be. Let, let me paint the picture for you. You're to be an angry, free man or woman. So are, are you an angry person? You're to be a, a mean, free person. That's what Paul says. Are you a mean person? I mean, if you're a mean person, don't take pride in your meanness. You're to be a compassionate person, a kind person. You're to be a humble person. You know what that means? That means it's not about you, it's about others. You're to be a gentle person. You're to be a patient person. That's combining those two lists. lists. But then at the end of the list, he ends both lists with this. You are to be a forgiving person. You are to be a person who forgives one another, whoever has something against you or, or you have something, whatever you have against them, you are to forgive them as Christ or God has forgiven you. Here's something else. Forgiveness is an act of my will, not of my emotions. You know, it's really my emotions that make me not want to forgive. It's, it's the emotion of anger. It's the emotion of bitterness. It's the emotion of that emotion of wanting to get even that causes me to not forgive. That's emotionally driven. But forgiveness is not an act of my emotions. It's an act of my will. I choose to do it. And I know I choose that with my will because Jesus on the cross chose it with his will. Here's another one. We are to forgive whenever people ask to be forgiven. Luke chapter 17. Be on your guard if your brother sins. Rebuke him if he repents. Forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. I mean, if he comes back and says, forgive me, you, you are under obligation to forgive him. Some of you are saying, well, that's good. If he comes, I'll forgive him. But if he ain't coming, I'm not forgiven. Well, listen, here's the next one. We are to forgive even when people haven't asked to be forgiven. Mark chapter 11. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, excuse me, I didn't read that right. Verse 25, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. There is Jesus saying the exact same thing he said on the Sermon on the Mount. 
Verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. You know, uh, here, here's what God says there. It actually has nothing to do with whether anybody comes to you and seeks your forgiveness. It says if you're praying and you have something against someone, while you're praying, forgive them. And remember, now forgiveness doesn't mean that people won't have to suffer consequences for things they've done, okay? Um, but it means you release them. You don't want pain. You don't want to extract pain from them from the pain, for the pain that you feel like they've caused you. There are times, can I tell you all this? And, and you know this, maybe you don't know it consciously, but I'm going to tell it to you. There are times when you are hurt by someone and deeply offended by them, and that person has absolutely no clue that they hurt you. No clue. They didn't mean to hurt you. They, they weren't thinking of hurt you. They weren't trying to hurt you. They said something insensitive, and you know what? It went so over their head, they don't even know they said anything that you're bothered by, but you are bitter and angry and unforgiving, and they don't even know. And here, here's, what, here's, what the, here's what the Proverbs say. It says, a man's good sense makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. It is to your, it is to your glory. It, it is to your being like Jesus if you will just overlook things that, that maybe hurt you when indeed somebody didn't even intend anything by it. But even if they did, the, 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 the charge of God, the, the, the call of God is for me to forgive. Here's another one. There's to be no limit to my forgiveness. You know, in a conversation that Peter has with Jesus at, at one point, he says, um, should I forgive seven times? And I think he asked that because there's another place where Jesus mentions forgiving seven times. And Jesus comes right back to him and says, no, Peter, 70 times seven. And, and again, we've addressed this so many times before. Jesus is not saying 490 times. He's saying, be unlimited in your forgiveness. It's really not about a limit of your forgiveness. You are to be a forgiving person. Now, again, I want to say that doesn't mean, and I've already, I've already alluded to this, but I want to be clear, that doesn't mean that if somebody's abusing me and, and hurting me physically or that somehow I've got to stay in that, if a bully is beating you up, by all means, you know, go the other way, call the authorities, whatever. That's not what forgiveness is. But, but forgiveness means that I, I'm not going to try to get even with you because of what you've done to me. Forgiveness is more than saying the words. This is my last thought on, you know, and there's more we could say, but this is the last one I want to bring to your attention. Forgiveness is more than saying words. Forgiveness is an issue of your heart. I mean, forgiveness, we, we, a lot of times we think forgiveness is about what I do and how I act, maybe what I say, but it's not. Forgiveness is, it has to be this thing that, that starts in here and then comes out in my life. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 35, and I'll talk more about the story in a moment, but in this story, Jesus says, my heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive from your heart. So it's, it's really not so much about behavior that I'm not going to treat you wrongly. Forgiveness has to begin in here and it works itself out into my life. Let me ask you a question. It's, it's, it's not a rhetorical. I'm going to answer it, but, but let me ask you rhetorically first, and you answer it in your own heart and head. Why, why, why is forgiving others so important to God? Why is it that you forgiving others 
is, is something that he puts such a premium on and calls us to it. You know? Well, here's, here's what he says. He says, the reason why, or the grounds by which I'm asking you to forgive others is because I have forgiven you. Because I... I am a forgiving God, and I, I desire to forgive you. And, and I have, in Christ, forgiven, forgiven you. And, and so he's saying, I'm, I'm, I want you to forgive, because that is me to you. And, uh, and, and again, I know we know all of this, and, and also, I don't know why the Lord's having me speak on it. Maybe, maybe you're the one. Maybe I'm the one. But, but in Matthew, when Peter asked that question about how many times Jesus says, you know, 490, meaning unlimited, he follows it up with a story. And you know the story well. And in the story, this, this very wealthy king is owed so much money by an, uh, uh, one of his stewards that he can, the steward can never repay. And, and the king calls him in and he said, hey, it's time to pay. And, and the steward just, I mean, he just can't pay. He begs for forgiveness. He says, please forgive me my debt or, or please give me time or whatever. And the king in his graciousness releases him of the debt. You don't owe anymore. And it was something he could never in a lifetime pay. And that steward walks out of that door, walking down the street, comes across a fellow steward who owes him pennies and throws that steward in prison. Because that steward can't pay him the pennies that he owes. And he said, uh, he throws him into debtor's prison. Other fellow stewards who see this, they go back to the king and they tattle. Good thing. And they say to the king, king, you know that steward you just forgave, that huge massive debt? He just went and threw his fellow servant in prison for pennies. Man, that king was irate. That king was irate. He brings that steward in and he says to him, verse 32, Summoning him, the Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father will also do the same to you. Do what? Turn you over to the torturers? If each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, and I had this thought, you know, um, when we don't forgive, maybe the reason that we become so bitter and so angry and we have so many problems and our friendships don't last and, and, and no wonder we can't get along with anyone and our marriages are so painful and, and our friendships dissolve. Maybe it's because God's, I have no idea what a tormentor is. But what if God is releasing tormentors on us for our unforgiveness? You follow what I'm saying? I know I'm being a little bit cryptic and mystical, maybe even, uh, you know, I'm taking this metaphor and maybe taking it too far. But, but it's true nonetheless. Unforgiveness will eat your lunch. Unforgiveness will put you in a prison of bitterness. And, and, and bitterness is caustic. Bitterness will destroy you. And, and you've put yourself in this prison so, so that you're being eaten away by your bitterness and your anger and, and, and you're the only one responsible for it because you've been unwilling to forgive. Lewis Smedes identifies three levels of forgiveness and he says forgiveness sort of begins like this. 
When, when, when I have unforgiveness in my heart, it begins by first acknowledging that the person who's hurt me is just like me. I mean, they're just a sinner like me. They're just a broken person just like me. And out of their brokenness, they, they broke me or they hurt me. And he says, forgiveness begins when we get there, right? And he said, and then the next step or next level stage of forgiveness is when we're willing to go a step further and say, you know, you're just broken like me and God has forgiven me. I'm going to not hold you accountable. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you pay for what you did to me. I'm going to release you. And then, but then Smeed said that a third level of forgiveness is when we go a step further and, and we go from being bitter and angry to a place where we're willing to do good to that person. Be kind to that person. Do, do positive things for that person. He says, ultimately, it means taking Jesus seriously when he says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, total forgiveness is when we can go through all three of those steps, I believe. Seeing who they are, recognizing they're just like me, refusing to hold them accountable. And, and that doesn't mean the law doesn't hold them accountable, but it means me refusing to make them have to pay me back for what they've done to me. And then finally getting to the point of doing good to them. Total forgiveness is a God thing. Can you get that? Can you follow? Are you following me? Total forgiveness is, it's not something that innately we in our broken humanity do. It's something that God enables us to do by his spirit. And so I want to say to you this morning, you can forgive. You can. You can forgive. We can forgive. Now let me, uh, let me conclude this talk. Um, let me conclude this talk with, uh, I, want to, I want to say four things to you that the Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to help us with this morning. Okay, so here's, here's the first thing, and again, none of this is new. If we're going to forgive, here's the first thing. You have to, you have to be willing to do, say, agree. You have to be willing to agree with God's wisdom. You have to be willing to agree with God. And you've got to be willing to say that unforgiveness is unacceptable. You have to be willing to say, I choose God's wisdom over my emotional desire for retaliation or to make you hurt because you hurt me. It is, it is being willing to embrace what God says. Your truth is, is my lamp. Your truth lights my way. And I believe what you say, that I cannot, I cannot live in unforgiveness. And so we are willing to believe God. Forgiveness is the only path available to me as the child of God. Number two, and again, we so often in so many contexts, I say this to you, and it's this, that knowing the truth and doing the truth, they're just two different things, right? You can agree with me that forgiveness is what God desires. It's a different thing for you to agree with it, and you do it. And so here's, here's my challenge to you and me this morning. If, if you are walking in unforgiveness, you choose right this very minute. If you agreed with my first thought just a second ago that this is the wisdom of God, then you choose right now to forgive. Because remember, forgiveness isn't an emotional thing. Forgiveness is a choice of my will. I'm not going to make you pay for hurting me. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let God deal with this. And I, instead, I'm going to love you. 
I'm going to pour out blessings on you. I'm going to do good to you. So here's the second thing. Forgive. Let me go back to that Mark passage. It's so important. Whenever you, are stand, whenever you stand praying, or whenever you sit in a comfortable chair listening to Jimmy talk to you from the Word of God, forgive. I mean, this is not something for later on. Did you get that? Jesus says, whenever you stand praying and, and you recognize that you've got unforgiveness, forgive right then and there. So right now, I'm calling on you to forgive. If there's anything anyone has against you, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. Number three, stop rehearsing the offense. If, you're, if, you, if you just forgave someone, if you're willing to forgive someone, refuse to rehearse that offense. Re- re- refuse to keep talking about it. Refuse to keep remembering it over and over and over again in your mind so that you just, it just, it's, no, let it go. You said, Jimmy, you don't know how hard. Yeah, I, I do. You know, the Bible says dwell on that which is good. Is this an easy thing that God is asking us to do? No. Is it going to be an instantaneous one, one moment and it's done? I'm never going to think about it again. No. But when it comes up and, I, and, 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 and you know, it begins to rehearse itself in my mind, whether Satan's the cause of it or whether it's just my mind, put it to sleep. Kill it right then and there. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to think good thoughts about the person. I'm going to pray. Jesus tells us to pray for the person. Pray for them. Do good. Make a meal for them. Make them oatmeal cookies. For those of you who weren't here a few weeks ago, I told everybody my favorite cookie was oatmeal cookie. I wish I'd have said macadamia and oatmeal, because <laughs> so many of you have tried to comfort me with, ma- with oatmeal cookies. I really like macadamia cookies, too. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. In all seriousness, everyone, we've got to stop rehearsing the pain. Stop, stop bringing it up in our minds and remembering how people hurt us. Let it go. And then the final thing I wrote down here is, is what I just said to you a moment ago, which is by the power of the Holy Spirit, do good things to those whom you are forgiving. Do good things for them. And this is kind of lengthy. Maybe I won't read it all, but Luke 6, Jesus says, but I say to you, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who have mistreated you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other one. And whoever takes away your coat, give him your shirt too. Give to everyone who asks of you. Whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others with the same, the same way you want to be treated. You want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? If sinners love, for even sinners love those who love them. That is such a powerful verse. Such a powerful verse. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And, and, and you know, we're all sinners. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying that people who have not yet been redeemed in their humanity, I mean, even they can love people who love them. But that's not us. I've been changed. I've been given a new heart. I'm a different man. All things have become new for me. Jesus dwells within my life. He's helping me. And so therefore, I need to be a step above what just fallen humanity is. And so therefore, I need to love those who do me wrong. He says, love your enemies, do good, lend, expect nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. 
Forgiveness is a hard issue, but it doesn't stay a hard issue. It always works itself out in my life, always. You know, when Shep died, I've, I've told you this, but, um, you know, Anne and myself and all of my children, we, you know, we weren't angry with God and we weren't angry with the young man. And, uh, you know, and so from the very beginning, part of my going to, to California was in part to say, to do this, to do good to the young man who tragically, you know, brought about my son's death. But we went to do him good. And Libby's here this morning. I remember Libby wrote something that was so powerful, made me cry. And she said, dad's going out to California, but make no mistake about it. My daddy is representing every one of us. See, forgiveness does good to those who hurt you intentionally or unintentionally. So I would have called you to that. Now I want to end this. I'm finished. I really am. And I have three questions that I want to ask you, kind of applicational questions for us this morning. And uh, so, um, again, let me make a couple of just comments that are just setting, setting the, the grounds for the question. We will only forgive to the extent we appreciate how much we have been forgiven. Can you understand that? In other words, you're only going to forgive others to the extent that you appreciate that you have been forgiven by God. Okay, so with that, with that, is, that in mind, um, your willingness to forgive is in direct proportion to your remembrance of, of your forgiveness. So question number one, have you been forgiven by God? That's my question for you this morning. Have you been forgiven by God? Um, you know, th- th- this is kind of hard because, you know, we're not judges, we're people, we're creatures. But God is the, the creator, but he's also the judge of the universe. He's also the moral imperative in all of the universe. He has the right to say what's right and wrong. And he is judge, and he's pronounced judgment on sin and rebellion against him. And, and so we've, we've got these two things at, at work in who God is, Right. But in his role as creator and as the, my creator and your creator, he loves us and he's forgiven us in Christ. You still may be held accountable for your sin because of your refusal to come to him. But this morning, I want you to know that the creator wants to, he's not only forgiven you as creator, but he wants to forgive you as judge by bearing in himself your sin. And so this morning, I want to tell you, you can be forgiven of all the stuff you've done that you know separates you from this creator. All the moral evil that you've committed, all the things you've done that you recognize separate you from God. I, I really want to tell you this morning, you can be forgiven of that. And it's not because you turn over a new leaf now and you're going to be moral and you're going to try really hard to live for God. No, it's because by faith you recognize your position and you're willing to trust the one who died for you. Now, he will do all of that. He will change you and he will make you different and he will, make, he will work in you so that faithfulness is the outworking of this new heart. But, but you know what? It begins with faith this morning. I want to ask you, are you forgiven? Do you know the forgiveness of this, of this creator who loves you? I want you to receive his forgiveness this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never been forgiven by the creator, then please receive his forgiveness. 
In just a minute, Janet, I didn't ask you this, but I'm going to want you to play something for me. But in a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to actually respond to that question. Here's the second question that I'm asking you. These are my applications from my talk. Here's the second question. Who do you need to forgive? And I really think you knew, you know who it is. I'm almost, I can't speak about this without knowing that as soon as you begin to speak about it, somebody comes to mind. Who do you need to forgive? And so I want to ask you now, I asked you earlier, I want to ask it again. Will you forgive them now? Will you release them now? Well, you let them go now because you see, if you release them, it's like, in fact, Pastor Joseph said, RT, release them and you will be free. Will you release that person now? Man, we need soft hearts. We need to hear his voice for this. We need courage for this. Forgiveness is never a timid thing. Only the brave forgive. Only those who are willing to allow Jesus to give them the strength to help them be like him. I mean, they'll forgive. So I'm, I'm calling you to forgive somebody. Who is it? And then the third question, and this is kind of for all of us, will you be a person, and this maybe is where most of us are, but would you be a person who lives a life of continual, moment-to-moment forgiveness of others? Never letting bitterness and unforgiveness settle in your heart, even for a moment. Remember the story of Corrie Tin Boone, right, where the, the, the German guard's at the back and she's up front greeting and she looks up and recognizes him right away. You remember that story? And he comes down and, and he wants to shake her hand and she can hardly shake his hand, but she talks about how by faith she does it. And, and just as soon as she took his hand, the Spirit of God, forgiveness sweeps over her. And she talked about it. And uh, I think I, I've probably told this story too, but Corey tells of another story. And she said, you know, after that moment, you would think I would never, ever, ever struggle with forgiveness again. But she talked about a time where, and she was like 80 years old, and some of her friends, just like RT, let her down, hurt her, did something to hurt her. And she talked about how You know, you would think after that episode with that guard, I would never, ever have struggled with unforgiveness, but there I was, struggling with unforgiveness again. And uh, let me see if I can pick up what she actually says. Um, She uh, said, you would have thought that having forgiven the Nazi guard, this would have been child's play. It wasn't. For weeks I seethed inside, but at last I asked God again to work his miracle in me. And again it happened. First the cold-blooded decision, and then the flood of joy and peace. So, my last question is, are you willing to be like Corey? Are you willing to be like Jesus? Are you willing to, moment by moment, offer forgiveness, even when it's hard? Even when it's hard. Let's bow our heads. And so... Now's the chance for you to respond to God. The Christian life is not lived in a decision. It's lived out moment by moment in our life. Following Jesus isn't a decision. It's, It's following Jesus every day, getting up in the morning and saying, Jesus, here I am one more day following you. But, but I do believe that nonetheless, so much in our life begins with a decision. And so I'm asking you this morning, would you decide? Would you decide to put your trust in Jesus? Would you receive God's forgiveness of your sin? As judge, you have to receive it. I mean, he's offering it. He's accomplished it. He's granting it. But you have to receive it in this case. 
to experience his forgiveness, to experience life, you have to receive it. And so if you're here this morning and, and you are not that person who has the forgiveness of Jesus in your heart, you, 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 would you right now just in your heart say to Jesus, Jesus, oh, I receive it. I want you to forgive me. I want you to make me new. I want you to change my heart. Now the hard question. Would you forgive? I mean, seriously, would you forgive? Release them. Stop wounding them with your words. I know nobody shoots anybody in here. Stop wounding them with your words and cutting them with your caustic side glances and your self-righteous heart because you're better than them because you haven't hurt anybody in the recent days. Would you be willing to forget forgive them and even more difficult would you be willing to open your heart back up to them instead of shutting them out and and just finding a way to justify your unforgiveness you've closed them out and it's time for you to repent of that it's time for you to open your heart back up And then the third thing is, would you just say to Jesus, Jesus, I want to be like you. When reviled, I don't want to revile back. When hurt, I don't want to hurt back. When people mess me up, I don't want to mess them back up. I want to forgive them. I want to love them. I want to pour grace into their lives when grace wasn't necessarily poured into mine, I want to be like you. I want to be different. You know, we don't do many public invitations, but I felt like this morning I should. So I'm standing here at the front. If you need to put some sort of feet to anything that God's doing in your heart, I'm, I'm standing right here waiting and inviting you to do more than just sit in your chair and say, yeah, that's me. I need to deal with this. I need to respond to this. Don't feel embarrassed for me. If no one responds, that's fine. But I'm here waiting. So is there anyone this morning that Jesus is just pressing your heart? God, thank you so very much for forgiving us, for forgiving us. You know, when we rebelled against you and we hardened our hearts against the truth of who you are as God and Lord, um, you loved us nonetheless. You made a way for us to be forgiven in our rebellion. And, uh, and you have just shown kindness to us while we were yet and sinners in rebellion against you, Jesus, that's when you died for us. That's when you were reviled and reviled not back. 
Thank you, Jesus, for loving us the way you have. And, and I want to pray, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, help us love others. Help us forgive others. Lord, I, I have no idea why this was so, so hard on my heart to, or so impressed on my heart to talk about forgiveness today. But would you use it? Use it in my life. Use it in the lives of my brothers and sisters. And we commit this to you in Jesus' name. Father, in just a few a couple of hours now, we're, we're going to be with the Forrest family and the Jones family. And just, just ask that you, by your sweet spirit, would comfort them. And uh, Lord, uh, we just want to commit that time to you even now. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody. We are dismissed. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, you can email them to Pastor Jimmy at baconscastle.com. Also, check out our website at baconscastle.com to get to know us and see what God is doing here locally in Surrey. Be blessed.